0: Welcome along to the Ninja Tune podcast with myself DK and this week we're in the company of brain feeder artist Lapalux who dropped by to talk about his new album Lustmore amongst many other things and after that as usual we'll have a listen to some of the brand new releases coming out on the Ninja Tune family of labels so stay tuned for that brain feeder recording artist Lappalux and we're gonna have a chat about his new album More*, which is out in April and uh, we'll listen to a few tracks that have influenced him over the years um, this is your second album yeah, it is, um, yeah how was the process this time
1: around was there many changes totally yeah it was a whole different experience uh, from the debut album really the debut album was sort of a, a, a mix and uh, match of uh, other stuff that I'd been working on around a sort of similar time as the two previous EPs and also you know newer stuff that I was working on at the time as well so it was kind of a a combination of all that but this album kind of just completely blank slate really started to conceptualize what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with straight off the bat sort of thing so it was more of a sort of structured um, album for me.
0: Brain Feeder, the only British artist.
1: Yeah, that is still, yeah. I mean, there's there's a definite crossover with my style of music, I think, that crosses over uh, the sea. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's great. feels feels awesome. And you're moving to LA, I understand, is that what yeah, you're right? Yeah, hopefully, I, yeah. I kind of know where I want to be in music. I kind of want to focus on uh, branching out a little um, and sort of getting into, like, film and stuff like that i think that's where i really want to kind of develop and i think that's la's pretty much the perfect sort of place for that and get a sort of uh a good uh crowd around me that i can kind of access different different things do you, do you already know a lot of people out there through uh kind of brain feeder connections yeah, or others I, yeah i do yeah i mean i've been out there a couple of times now um spent quite a bit of time um just like connecting with a few different people and that and you know, you just go out in a, in a club somewhere, and you bump into people that are sort of associated with other people that you sort of hang around with and stuff. And yeah, it's it's a great little, great little scene out there. Have you, have you played Lowen? I have, yeah, a couple yeah. of times now. Yeah, and how was that? Sweaty. there <laughs> like, uh, was one point throughout the show, I just couldn't even see anything. The sweat was just in my eyes, like dripping from the ceiling. It's like kids passing out because they smoked too much weed and shit. <laughs> and it, was, uh, yeah, it, was, it was crazy. With with Gaslamp Killer, were those sessions? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, and-
1: yeah. He's he's crazy, dude, as always. Uh, but yeah, and, and Daddy Kev, obviously putting on the putting on the events as well. And yeah, it's been really great. The sort of it's like the the sort of mecca, really went out there and everyone's like you know jumping off the walls and shit it was really, really, really good So do you think it's going to have an, have an effect on your sound being based in LA? I, I don't, I don't know I, I don't know whether it will have too much of, of an effect like wherever I am really I kind of lock myself away anyway I think maybe the weather might change something a little bit but I don't, I don't I just switch off really whenever I'm writing music so no matter where I am, I kind of still do that sort of process. So I, don't, I can't imagine it changing too much. And I want to sort of keep the sound that is mine, hopefully will prevail. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it will change too much.
2: love should grow, even if my love should grow, and maybe then I'll never know, and maybe then I'll never know.
0: did this album take did it was it a uh, easier process than last time or nah, when did you
1: start work on it uh i started on it straight after nostalgie actually or it was like when i'd actually just finished the record and uh, it was getting put through put through the motions to actually be released that's when i started sort of making lust more and really wanted to sort of branch out and and mess around with new ideas but yeah it was a it was a I don't know, two, well, one and a half years of, of just solid, like, going through the tracks but, like millions of times, just working on them, working on them, working on like, perfecting them, changing them, like, remixing them and everything until I got, like, really satisfied with each track, really. Was there, was there any tracks that literally finished quickly and just rolled off? <laughs> oh, man, all of them were pretty... I mean, I wouldn't say it was a struggle because I was really enjoying the process, but a lot of them... I, I don't know. I just became so perfectionist about it. I, I just couldn't really see an end to any of the tracks. Which did you actually finish first? Was there one that uh, you could? Uh, I actually finished the first track of the album. You never know. With Andrea, the first, I think that was the first one to come together and sort of signify where I wanted to go with the rest of the album. Um, and that game came together quite quickly. I found like working with working with Jardine and Andrea kind of kind of quick process because there was someone else there in the in the studio space to sort of bounce ideas off of. And it wasn't just such a insular sort of uh, production.
3: I never meant to bring you trouble But there's no rainbow without the rain I try to forget about it Just stay. Hey.
0: so you, you decided quite early about using both of them yeah um, yeah how did. how did that all come about
1: well Andrea I actually initially did a remix for her and then got chatting to her a little bit after that really um and then yeah we, we decided uh, I said you know do you want to come in the studio and I've got some ideas and maybe you can play around and also on the puzzle track as well I wrote some of the lyrics myself and initially it was going to be me singing the actual lyrics and then it just something wasn't right with it really, it didn't really sit well with me so I asked her to come in and lay something down and it, it came together real quickly after that. But um, Jardine I'd known for a few years before and we'd always said we'd work on something but never really got around to it. And uh, and then we, we found the time to, to do it and she came to the studio with, with the actual idea of a song already and then I worked my own sort of production into it and it sort of materialised out of that.
0: We've asked you to bring in a few tracks that um, you know, maybe influenced you over the years or you're just you know, totally into, so can we uh, have a pause and pick one of those? Yeah, for that sure. List?
1: Let's, let's go with uh, Harold Budd. I, I I really uh, can't pronounce the track. I'm not even going to attempt it. A Harold Budd track. Yeah, a Harold <laughs> Budd track, but this, this is a really great piece. Um, for me, it's great inspiration for the record. Um, Just how absolutely like thematic the whole thing is. It's like I think it's about a 15-minute track, and uh, yeah, it's just great. It moves through different key changes and movements. Everything. It's it's a really, really solid track. Cool. All right, I can't guarantee 15 minutes, but we'll uh... (laughs) yeah, for sure. We'll do a radio version. (laughs) We'll have a little
0: bit of that. Let's, let's go back to your sort of very early days what were the, the first kind of musical seeds in your mind can you remember anything growing up that set your path
1: i think uh when i started playing guitar actually i started having lessons in guitar and then soon after sort of playing you know the general sort of oasis and all that sort of stuff it kind of I kind of knew i wanted to do something different with it and and play the instruments that i was playing around with like drums as well i kind of wanted to do things differently i d- didn't want to stick into a certain formula like doing grades and stuff like that i kind of wanted to manipulate stuff more than just playing them live so after shortly after that i mean i got a, a good guitar for like christmas or something like that and eventually got a like a a copy of uh, Cubase and started just recording bits on just a little lapel microphone thing that came free with the computer or whatever and then after that point it was just about sort of manipulating sound and and really getting into like the finer details of sound not, not really focusing on how things are recorded as such but just really about editing sounds and reversing sounds and like reverb and then mix it down and reverse it so you have this like you know this like crazy like build-up sort of sound i used to make like tons of these little looping ideas and these little tracks um that are somewhere still on that computer's hard drive i think um but yeah after that point it just became sort of a fun process that i'd do i'd go into school come back and then just mess around with things that i'd recorded at school and stuff you know people hitting the desks and stuff i didn't really know what i was doing i didn't really have any real structure to it It was just something that I found really entertaining and, and really fun to do so I just stuck with that really and it's been that way since. I still record myself slapping the desk and, and stuff like that.
0: uh, those school years that was there anyone that you were kind of hoping to sound like or inspired you at that point
1: yeah at that point it was kind of a weird contrast because i had a little group of friends that we'd sort of share records with i used to go to the, the local library with my dad and uh there'd be all these records on the cd um in the library that i used to just Rent out purely on the basis of just looking at the, the CD and being like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, that's in the jazz section, that's in the, the metal section and all that's in the you know just venturing around these libraries and uh, taking as much input as I can, really like I listened to like early Square pusher, uh, ApheX Twin stuff, and that was the stuff I really sort of attached myself to, the sort of real real crazy like all- techer stuff as well, and you know the the whole like profuse 73 and all the f- all that sort of family. Uh, of, of music really sort of interested me uh, whereas you know my dad's got a, a decent sized collection of records as well that he used to play as well but um, yeah I don't know it's just a bit of everything really Is there, is there one track from that period that, that stands out? There's that Red Hot Car by uh, Pusher that I always kind of remember I always thought oh yeah it's, it's fucking really strange I, I didn't really understand it as a kid really and there's yeah, there's a bunch of tracks like that. I think um, actually, which leads on to another track that I actually selected for uh, for this mix, uh, which is Doreen Marie. He's a real big inspiration for me. He uh, released this record on I think it's Fat Cat way back in the day, 2003 maybe, 2006 or maybe 2002. I, I don't know. But um, that the whole album is called Manny. And I always reference it because it's just such a a, a a great body of work. It's like nothing I've ever heard before at that point, and never, nothing I've ever heard since like it as well. Um, just crazy, like granular synthesis, and the the fact that it has no real time signatures. Everything's just a wash with sound and different like spatial panning and stuff like that like that's what really sparked me off into into making my own stuff that's similar to that but also appealing to to, to beat heads and stuff like that as well
0: okay well let's have let's have a listen to uh, to that track Made a vowel session. Yep, uh, for uh, Radio One's residency. How was how was that?
1: It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was really good. I'm still uh, sort of in in that mode right now. Actually, it was. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I've never really uh, performed live with anyone else before. Uh, it's usually just been me you know and uh what was your setup for this it was uh Gerdine on vocals Andrea Triano on vocals and Mike LeSage on keys saxophone and synth as well and yeah we got some nice roads in there as well and it was just amazing it all it all came together really good i mean we only rehearsed for the first time uh the, the day before it we spent all day perfecting it but it really came together it was really really good experience
0: so is there going to be live versions with with with, uh,
1: Andrea yeah I mean I'd love to and (laughs) uh, like logistic wise it can be a bit of an issue but yeah I'd love to do that and and that's definitely something I've been chatting to them about as well and uh, yeah that's that's the way forward for me definitely in the live performance
0: Talking with Andrea Triana on the track puzzle, um, and I believe you're doing another video with Nick Rutter, isn't that's it? right. Yeah, who yeah. Uh, was the director of your track Without You, yeah, which is stunning and heart wrenching <laughs> at the same time, twisted. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I want to know more about that video first. Was that an idea he came to you with, or
1: did you, yeah, for cleverly? sure? Yeah, Nick's, Nick's always had a very keen. Imagination when it comes to music videos and he's always wanted to do some really crazy sort of bizarre uh, stuff and I, I, you know, just as much as I look up to video directors like Chris Cunningham, let's say, and the work that he's done in the past that can be very kind of controversial in a way but also kind of stylistically beautiful and uh, I think Nick is, I mean, I don't want to compare the two but if I could draw a comparison it would be between them two and I think Nick has a really good eye for uh, for these types of videos that I would personally want to make too. approached me with the idea through a mutual friend and ever since then we've kind of always wanted to work on a bigger and bigger and bigger project and you know the the video that we're going to work on at the moment i don't want to disclose too many details but it is uh it is along a sort of similar vein it's pretty uh pretty gnarly it's there's some really interesting ideas there um but you know it's it's a great idea too and i think it could I think it will do really well.
0: stuff and obviously you know you're
1: very interested in all that it, it could you do a kind of full-length film with nick totally yeah he's he's already got some ideas about um like a, a sort of short film slash sort of feature length sort of thing and i was yeah i mean we've, we've been in talks for a little while now and uh, we're definitely thinking about doing something something quite big in the and, future as well. <laughs> Look <to> that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, let's stop for another track from your uh, your list. What else have you? Uh,
1: in? Okay, so I'll pick uh, Bjork. Desire constellation. Just Bjork generally, or particularly this track. Particular. I'd say yeah, Bjork in general. Um, but this track for me is is I don't know. Off uh, it's off Medulla. Yeah, it's yeah it's and. Um, I mean, the whole album's amazing for me, and first time hearing that I was like Jesus. Like you know, using the Icelandic choir in it, and and everything's really, really perfect for that time for me. Uh, experimenting with sound and stuff myself, and um, yeah, I just th- I, I don't know. It's something about the simplicity of the track, and just the way that sound in the background is is like a bit crushed, but it's still recognisable. And it's this like granular texture that's shifting. I was always into that, that sort of granular sort of sound. and I think that track really sums up the album really in, in, a, in a slightly off way. Um, and yeah, I, I really like that. Cool. I really like that track.
0: All right, we'll have a uh, quick listen to Bjork.
3: It's tricky when You feel somewhere. on your behalf It's slippery when your sense of just Shake them like dye And throw them on the table Repeatedly Repeatedly Until The desired Constellation
0: Just going to ask you about you know, you've obviously done quite a few remixes. Your process to approaching a remix, how how do you go about it? Do you listen carefully to the original or do you try not to? Do yeah, you
1: yeah, I try do not to? Do you literally to.
0: just take the, the stems and, and go at it?
1: Yeah, I try and listen, like, I don't want to listen to the actual original. Um, I mean, I'll give it a brief listen, but I won't listen to it all the way through. And um, yeah, I really approach every single one differently. It's, it's a very um, oh, I don't want to say easy process but it's it's a very sort of simple process for me um, having the stems already there and I enjoy editing stuff anyway so it's really just a case of just snipping bits out resampling shifting bits around and stuff and and making it my own uh, really so I think yeah I mean with any any sort of remix work I'm I'm always on the ball with it I'm kind of really into it um but you know that it does come with its kind of boundaries as well some labels that I work like doing the remixes for want it a certain way and they they want to sort of guide the way it goes and I'm really not down for that like it's it's all about kind of with me having the creative freedom and the trust from the label to to provide something that would be good on 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 a level that they've asked me to do so yeah
0: can you pick one remix that uh, you're particularly proud of? Um,
1: hmm. I, I I do really enjoy the uh, Andrea Triana remix that I did uh, not too long ago. I think that was the most recent one and the acid uh, one as well. That was really fun to do. Let's have another track from your list. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Bill Evans' uh, "Jade Visions," take two. I guess. Any particular reason on this track? Is it? Uh... I don't know. With anything with Bill Evans, I mean this. This is off uh, a live recording uh, album. I, I only heard about him um, through a through a friend of mine actually that was researching all this jazz and just all this all these sort of piano jazz artists and yeah i don't know something just something about the the way that the the double bass plays with the piano in in this track that just uh, it just i don't know it just does something to me i think it's just very sort of emotive very flown and uh i think actually it's also in a sketch by oh, that guy. he did like the day-to-day chris morris yeah yeah, yeah. There's like this. T- I remember hearing it, like watching like Jam or you know that program, uh, one of his really early sketch shows, and it was this sketch there, and I remember hearing it in the background, but I inadvertently sampled it, thinking it was out of the show, but it turns out it was this track in that show, and it was yeah, it was kind of a weird sort of moment there, but yeah, I mean it, yeah, this track just stands out by itself as as a really great track by Bill. yeah. Okay, let's have a bit of Bill Evans. Thank you.
0: Cool. Okay, so what's uh, what's coming up? Are you doing lots of dates and gigs? Yeah, for, uh, for yeah. Oh. Uh,
1: at the moment I'm in sort of a transitional state, so I'm moving from place to place and living in different places at the moment, so it's been kind of tricky to orchestrate the whole thing, but the uh, the team uh, working on all the tour stuff are getting in action now and, and trying to sort out American dates around Japan and stuff. and everywhere else every other territory really um closest ones coming up i think probably european dates but yeah there's 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 information online about other stuff coming up as well i think
2: you said you wanted to leave and no can hanging around or running and all my friends try to tell pain
0: very much for coming in doing the interview. We'll uh, finish with your final choice then from
1: your uh, uh, William Basinski, uh disintegration loops uh one point one.
0: Alright, thanks very much and uh I'm sure the album do
1: very well and good luck with all your gigs. Thanks, appreciate it, thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers.
0: thanks to Lapalux for dropping by. His new album Lustmore is out in April on the Brainfeeder record label. Now let's turn our attention to some of the new releases that are coming out on the Ninja Tune family of labels and we have a great selection starting off with the Lord of Big Dada roots maneuver called Face D 211 produced by none other than Fortet.
3: poetry, flowers. It's all flower tree power prepare. honest to honest, deep. I'm on it. So here for hours and hours in here, shedding them tears of joys, a noise of noise. Not so. Got from got to get. Got on to get yep. me. Whether you do or you yep. don't, it don't sweat yep. me.
2: Teeth protect me, but bear not the passion. Yep. We smash your little half heart. We yep. in yep. your back together. Yep. So race so brave, so brave, so brave, so brave.
0: That was Face T two eleven by Roots Maneuver on Big Data. Next we have Dorian Concept and his track Draft Culture which has been remixed by Nathan Fake. remix of Draft Culture by Dorian Concept which is on the Joined End's remix EP on Ninja Tune. Next it's the return of Amon Tobin with his Dark Jovian EP which has a special record store day release coming out on heavyweight etched white vinyl. was Amon Tobin with a piece from his Dark Jovian EP. We move on to the counter label for a track by Howling called Stole the Night. howling with stole the night and that's coming out on counter and we finish with yaga yagist and a track called starfire this is the title track from their new album which is coming out on ninja tune Yagi Yagis and Starfire on Ninja Tune that's it for the Ninja Tune podcast with myself DK, my thanks as always to assistant producer Tom and we'll be back again with another edition very soon